Today's share of Mishnah Bura Yomi is Dav Kuf Chav Ches Omud Beis, and we're beginning a brand new simon, simon Sadi Vav, which deals with the halachos. A person should try to remove any obstacles that are preventing him from davening with kavana. We'll see this deals with a lot of what you're allowed to hold or not hold during the davening. The Mechaber starts off and he says, When a person is davening Shemana he shouldn't even hold his tefillin in his hand. And he shouldn't take any sifrei kodesh, any sfarim. He shouldn't be holding them as well. We'll talk about a sitter momentarily. He shouldn't hold a plate full of items. He shouldn't hold objects in his hand. Not a knife, or shrita, umos, and not money, vikiko, or even a, sl- a slice of bread. Because he's obviously going to be concerned that they don't fall on the ground, they get lost or ruined, and therefore he won't concentrate on the davening of the Shmanasri, but he'll concentrate on these items instead. So, as I just said, this will disturb him and it will un- not allow him to daven with kavana. However, the lulav bismano, but to hold the lulav during the proper time that one should be holding the lulav and esrog, mutu lechos biyado, it would be permitted to hold them in his hand, and as we'll see in the next sif, this means therefore a sitter as well. Kivun shachiza biyado, he mitzvah, since this is a mitzvah for him to do this, so therefore he's not going to be disturbed by this and it won't interrupt or affect his davening and his kavana in the davening. Mishnah Bru in Sivkat Nalaf writes, when he's davening, the Prima Godam brings down the din, the same halacha that you shouldn't be holding any of these things applies during Kriyashma as well, and also during the Pesukah de Zimra. Sivkat and Beis. The Mishnah Bru said, Lo yechos, you shouldn't hold any of these things. However, if you did hold any of them, you don't have to go back and daven again. The Sharet Zion, the Chofetz Chaim, writes there that this is the opinion of the Taz, the Prichodosh, and the Shagas Aryeh. However, the Bach disagrees. And the Mishnah Bura continues and he writes, This is true. Unless you know for certain that you weren't machaving during the bracha of Mogain Avraham, the first bracha of the Shemoneser, because there, as we'll learn, one needs to have kavana, and technically one has to repeat the Shemoneser if he didn't have kavana during that bracha. Normally we say we don't do that practically because the person won't have kavana the next time either, but here there was a specific reason why you didn't have kavana in the first place, and the Sharet Zion, the Chofetz Chaim writes, based upon the Taz, because here you have a specific reason why you weren't machaving the first time because you were holding on to this item. If you put this item down, the thought would be that you would have kavana the next time, and therefore the basic halacha that you have to repeat the Shimon Esri if you didn't have kavana during Avo supplies in this situation. An interesting deal. Mishnah Bura continues and he writes. During the parts of the davening on Shabbos, when you're holding the Sefer Torah to return it back to the Aaron, so then you are allowed to daven at that time, because the Kivan Shekavana so Ozli Spalel Alom the Torah, since you're davening then for the people that are learning Torah, therefore holding the Sefer Torah in your hand, you're not watching the Sefer Torah, you won't be distracted by the Sefer Torah, it's actually helping you spur your Kavana for that part of the Tefillah, and therefore it's permissible. The issue footnote number three brings down, the same idea would apply, if a person is holding a Sefer Torah and he's saying the Hoshanas on Sukkis, the Prima Godam says you can do that. Likewise, on Purim, we return the Sefer Torah to the Oron before we read the Megillah because there would be a concern that if you're concentrating on making sure the Sefer Torah is okay, you won't be able to listen to the Megillah laying properly. However, those that have the custom that they hold the Sefer Torah when we start the Tekios on Rosh Hashanah, that's not a concern because it's such a short time that a person won't be distracted.
And the Mishnah Berurah continues, and he says, this is like, this is like the, the Mechaber says, you're allowed to hold a lulav during the proper time. And likewise, we hold the Sefer Torah when we bench Rosh Chodesh. We do Shabbos Mavarachim when we bench Rosh Chodesh, so the Minag is that we hold the Sefer Torah in our hands for various reasons, and that's not a problem as well, because you won't drop the Sefer Torah, you're not concerned about dropping the Sefer Torah, that it will disturb your kavona. The Sefer Torah is essentially a part of that mitzvah. And the issue footnote number four brings down that the Ritva in Sukkah explains the mitzvah's lulav chavivalov. It's such a precious mitzvah to us. Therefore, even though you're thinking about it, it won't disturb your kavana. The issue footnote number five brings down, however, that one shouldn't hold the lulav nesuk today other than at the parts of the davening, like Hallel and the Hoshanas, where we hold it. If you hold it during other parts of the davening, you look like an arrogant person, and only very, very rare individuals who are mefursum, medaktik, v'maisav, those people that are very careful about every action that they do, they would be able to hold the lulav nesuk or the other parts of the davening as well. And Dirshu footnote number six brings down that during the Mavarchim HaChodesh, when we say the brachos for Shabbos Mavarchim, so then there's no problem holding the Sefer Torah because holding the Sefer Torah will help us spur our kavana, hatchinos v'abrachos yiskablu yoster, and that will allow our tfilos to HaKodesh Baruch Hu to be accepted better. Mishnah Burr and Sivkat and Gimel writes, you're not allowed to hold even Svarim, who I didn't call Svarim Shalano. Any Svarim that we have today, other than the Siddurahs, will say you shouldn't hold it while you're davening because you'd be concerned not to drop it, and that will take away your kavana from the davening. Likewise, Sivkat and Dalit says you don't hold Ka'orim Malay, you don't hold a plate full of things. If you're holding something, you're afraid it's going to spill and get destroyed, so therefore you're going to concentrate on that rather than on the davening. Ubisakim, why shouldn't you hold the knife? Shaloyi polo aritz, you talk of a raglo. A person should be worried that he'll drop the knife and it will hurt himself, so therefore he won't be concentrating on the davening. Likewise, ubimos, with money, shaloyi spazru, he's afraid if he's holding the money that he'll drop it and it will spread out, so he'll concentrate on the money. And all of these things, va'afim heim tsururin, tarid shemo yavedu. Here, even if they're in a bundle, you're holding your wallet, so you're not afraid that the individual pieces of money will fall out. Nevertheless, you're concerned that maybe you'll drop the wallet or lose it, and therefore you'll concentrate on that and not on the davening, and that's why you shouldn't hold any of these items. Unless you're holding it in a way that there's no concern that it will get dropped or lost, it's wrapped around your wrist or something like that, so then you would theoretically be allowed to hold it. Birkiyosef brings down, The Yosef says, that's the chidah, he writes that a person shouldn't have a child as well in front of him or, or because it will disturb him, and one shouldn't really hold children as well unless there's absolutely no other choice while they're davening. Sivkat and Hey, the Mishnah writes, Umos, Vakikar, you shouldn't hold money, you shouldn't hold a loaf of bread or a piece of bread. Vidav Kahani. So the first opinion the Mishnah brings down, it says specifically these items and not other items. Why these items specifically? Shemiplu, Yesh, Bem, Hefsid, or Yazikulo. Because all of these items that were mentioned specifically, there'll either be significant loss of money if they were to get lost or dropped or destroyed, or that they will hurt you, like the knife if it falls upon you. Implying, Avoshari, Dvarim, Mutulechos, implying other things that either aren't very expensive or you're not concerned that they're going to hurt you or something like that, one would technically be permitted, according to this first opinion, to hold them during the Shemar Esrei. However, then the Mishnah Baruch brings down, that it's not specifically these things, it's anything you're not allowed to hold. Then why were these things specifically mentioned? Because he said the common ones. What else does a person hold? The person doesn't hold a lawnmower during the davening. Why would he have a lawnmower? So therefore, it doesn't have to mention that. It mentions the common things. But taka, anything that you'd be holding is not, pra- is, is not permitted. And therefore, according to this second opinion, you shouldn't hold anything in your hands during davening. And this is, in fact, the Mishnah Baruch says, is the psalm of the Taz, the Chayin Hiskimataz. Sivkot involved the Mishnah Buru writes, Mitnei Shalibo, 
your heart will be upon these things, and therefore you'll concentrate on them and not the davening. And therefore the Mishabur says, So the question comes up, you're davening in an airport, you're davening in some place where you're traveling, and you have a Sefer Torah with you, or you have Tefillin with you, and if you put them down, you're afraid that somebody's going to take them. Would you be allowed to hold them during the davening in that situation? So he paskins the Efshod Tirulo, based upon the Prima Godim, he says this might be permissible because you don't have a choice. Sivkot and Zayin, the Mishnah Brewer writes that it is permissible, however, to hold the Lul of an Esrog. So, Nofal, say for Allah Oretz, what happens, the Mishnah Brewer says, if a sitter or something falls on the ground, and that's disturbing you to see a, a Chumish lying there on the ground, so Minadin, you're not supposed to stop because you're speaking directly to HaKodesh Baruch Hu. And the Sefer, while it's holy, it's not as holy as HaKodesh Baruch Hu. So, technically, Minadin, you shouldn't stop. However, if it's going to disturb you, davening, you're trying to talk to Hashem, and you see a sitter lying on the floor, you see a Chumish lying on the floor, then Mutter like Bio, then one would be permitted to go and pick it up in that situation. The issue footnote number 9 writes down that based upon the Shulchan Aruch later on in Simon Kuvdalit, that one would even be permitted to move his legs. You can't reach it by just bending down. You have to actually move a couple of steps. Mitten the Shman Asrei, a person would be allowed to take a couple of steps to go pick up the Chumash if it's disturbing his davening. Kishasayim ha-brachah shu'omayba. The Mishnah Burah says, however, that you should ideally wait till the end of the bracha to do so. V'ilav hachi lo yafsik. And if it's not going to bother you, then technically the din is that you shouldn't interrupt even to pick up a Chumash from the floor because you're talking to HaKodesh Baruch Therefore, this teaches us a very important lesson. Mishnah Bura says, Certainly you shouldn't point at somebody or make any hand motions with your fingers during the Shemun Esrei, or anything like that while you're davening Shemun Esrei. Then the Mishnah Bura says, if somebody's davening Shemun Esrei by heart, with his eyes closed, as we said, is one ideal way to do this, and he forgets where he's up to, or, for example, he's in the middle of Alanisim, and he doesn't realize that he doesn't know Alanisim by heart, He's allowed to walk over to the Svarmashrank, to the place where they have a sitter, and likach mishom sitter, and go and take a sitter in the middle of the Shmanesri and go over there. Tisha Futsal number 10 through 13 bring down several interesting additional points. So, for example, Chaim Kanievsky says, if you forgot Alanisim by heart, you might have said, since Bidyevit, if you didn't say Alanisim, maybe you shouldn't be able to move. So he says, no, even though it's Alanisim, which if you don't say it, you're still Yotzi you're still even in the middle of Shmanesri. If you don't know it by heart and you realize you don't have a sitter, allowed to walk over to the Svarmashrang and go and take the sitter from there, Mitten the Shmanesri. Footnote number 11 says that ideally you shouldn't move if you could signal to somebody. If you can motion to somebody, please bring me a sitter, rather than moving, that would be better. The issue footnote number 12 brings down from Chaim Kanievsky, There isn't a Svar Mishrank over there, but you think there might be some Sidurim outside or some other place. You're actually allowed to walk around looking for the Siddur in Mitten Dushman Asrei. Then, can you return back to your place? So this is something we discussed previously. If it won't be disturbed where you are, you won't disturb other people where you are, when you get to city, you should daven over there. But there is an opinion that is brought down that we've already learned previously that says, since you were davening to the Shechina, it's not like that you left the Shechina in that place, you're actually allowed to return to the place where you were davening. The issue footnote number 13 brings down a halacha that says that, likewise, if you're not sure, did I or did I not have to go back to repeat the Shemonesri because I forgot Yala V'yavo, and you're still in the Shemonesri, or you want to know a halacha about saying Talamot, or any other halacha that pertains to the Shemonesri that you're saying right then and there, and you don't know the answer, you're technically allowed to go and walk over to the Svarim Shrang, take out your Deshu Mishnah Bura, and look it up. Or, if you're not capable of doing that, you're allowed to walk over to the Rav. And in the middle of the Shmanesri, ask the Rav what the Shaila is, and then you can pass it for you, and you go back to continue saying the Shmanesri from where you left off. Rav Shech the Shlita once said, you're not allowed to argue with the Rav. When you ask the Rav a Shaila in this situation, the person has to be very careful not to start getting into a pill with the Rav. You say, oh, what about this? What about that? You ask the Rav the Psach Halacha, you follow Psach Halacha, and later on, afterwards, if you have any questions about it, you're allowed to ask him.
Siv Beis. The Mechaber writes, Mutalechos machzor tefilos biyado bishor shemispal. A person is allowed to hold the sitter, a machzor, in his hand while he's davening. Why? Hold the tovis and tzorot tefilah atzma lo tarit. Since obviously this is for the purpose of the davening, so it's not going to disturb you. And this is similar, Dumya de Lulud, this is similar to the Allah we just learned in Sif Aleph regarding holding the Lulav. Dimishum de Likichaso mitzvah lotarit. Since this is obviously the mitzvah, this is what you should be doing, and you need this to David, it's not going to disturb you while you're holding this. The Ramah adds, If you didn't have a sitter in your hands at the beginning, you shouldn't interrupt unless you absolutely need it. Then you shouldn't in the middle of the Shmanesri go and get it unless you obviously get lost, you, you, you lost your place, or you don't know something by heart that you thought you did. Unless it was, you know, the sitter is in a specific place and you can you can get it from where you're standing in the Shmanesri, so then you're allowed to get it. Then you can even go to the middle of Shmanesri and go get it. If that's going to make your davening better, you would technically be allowed to move in the middle of Shmanesri to go and get it, as we've already pointed out. The Mishnah Bruin Sivkot and Ches writes, the reason why you shouldn't go and get it normally would be because it's going to disturb you. Because of Ataz, the Taz adds, For somebody who is careful to daven from a sitter, the Mishnah Bruin says, the Taz writes, That when you're davening a Shmona Esrei, our sitters today, they're, they're pretty much, they flow. You can follow them. But let's say you're davening something unusual, or a tefillah that you haven't davened in a while. So you're going to say, Yala v'yavo. So you should look to see in the sitter beforehand where Yala v'yavo is. People daven today on their phones. They should make sure that their phone is set up in the right way, that all of the proper additions and insertions are already there. Sometimes they come in automatically, but sometimes they don't. And therefore, you have to make sure that you prepare the sitter. I heard once from my Rabbeim that for Rosh Chodesh Tishrei, we don't say the normal Rosh Chodesh Menesrei. So when it comes to Rosh Chodesh Cheshvan, you should look at the sitter beforehand to make sure that you know the Shmanesri, because if you haven't seen something in 30 days, we assume that it's not known to you. And therefore, you should check out beforehand, before you dive in the Shmanesri, to make sure everything's in its proper place. And not have to mission the sitter all over the place to go and find what the additions or insertions are. Again, most of us at Durham today are all well planned out and laid out that this isn't the problem. Because Mishaburu says, if you're going to interrupt in the middle of Shmanesri looking for what you have to say, that's going to make your kavana not good. And he brings down the name of the Birki Yosef. They're very righteous individuals. Before they dive in, they're going to say something that they're not used to saying, for example, that they would go and look at this beforehand in order to make sure that they're saying it correctly. Again, with Asi Durham, it's a little bit more easy for us to, to know that we have everything flowing correctly, but again, it's a wonderful idea to look and see a tefillah that you're not used to saying, to look at it before you say it. Sivkot and Tess, the Mishra Brewer concludes, and he says, it appears in the Achronim, even during the Chazor Sashats, the city should be open in front of you and should follow word by word inside. This is a great way for a person to have kavana and to listen to every word of the Shleach Tzibur. This concludes Simon Sadi Vav. We'll begin Simon Sadi Zayin. Shaloy Yagahik, Shaloy Yafaik, Bishasatvila person shouldn't burp or belch. That's Yagahik. Shaloy Yafaik means to yawn during the Davli, during the Shemona Esrei. So the Mechaber starts off and he says, Lo Yagahik. What does Yagahik mean? So the Ramah says, Motsi Migufo Lepib Neficho Mitoch Sovo. Ritur Belaz. A person shouldn't go and burp or belch during the Shemona Esrei. Shaloy Yafaik. What does that mean? The Ramah says, Poseach Piv Lo Tzi Ruach To open your mouth wide and yawn. 
However, what happens if he has to? If the person can't help himself, he can't control whether he yawns or not. Burping and belching, a little bit more you can control. But yawning, a person doesn't really have control over that. So what should you do in that situation? You should cover your mouth so it shouldn't appear with your mouth wide open. That's improper. That's not proper cover to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. The Ramah adds, A person shouldn't keep his hands on his chin during the davening. That's what santero means, the lower part of the jaw. Because the heavy derech gasos ruach. Arrogant people, when they're talking like that, they put their hands on their chin, it makes them look very important and choshev, and that's an improper position for during the Shemona Esrei. Mishnah Buruh says in Sifkat and Aleph, Hu adin de begiuch mitoch ones leki sur. Likewise, if, if a person has to burp or belch, and it's uncontrollable, there's also no Isra involved in that. So why didn't it say that specifically? Because in a burp or a belch situation, you don't have to cover your mouth. That's why the Mishnah, the Mechabra didn't say so. Because you don't open your mouth so wide. It also takes a shorter period of time than a yawn, as opposed to a yawn. That's why the Mishnah says the Mechabra didn't write this down. The issue footnote number one brings down that the Sefer Makara Chaim says, obviously, while you're doing any of these things, burping or belching or yawning, you shouldn't continue davening, you should wait till you're done. Sivkot and Bez, Mr. Buru writes, Santero, Hainu, Lechi Hatachtum. This means the bottom of your chin, the jaw, the bottom area over there. The Chazanim, what about the Chazanim? Also came Zemer. What about the Chazan that holds his hand there in order to help with his voice? That's actually Mutter. They're not doing it to be arrogant. To somehow make their voice more sweeter. But for them to do it when they're not singing, that would also be also for them. That would show arrogance, and that's not proper. Sif Bez. The Mechaber writes, also lo lorok, a person shouldn't spit in the middle of the Shemun Esrei. The Niyev Shor lo lorok, he has unfortunately the need to go and spit. Mavliya bechsuso should swallow up the spit inside a garment of his. Be'inyan shlo yenira, in a way that it won't be seen, because it's disgusting for that to be seen and visible while he's saying the Shemun Esrei. Mishnah Bur and Sivkot and Gimel writes to spit the whole sha'asu besochatvila asu afilu betachanunim shalachatvila. If you can't do it in the Shmonesri, you shouldn't do it in the part of the Shmonesri that is said during the Elokai. In the Shomashinosatabi, those tachinos that we had over there, one shouldn't interrupt there as well by spitting. Why? Because the Mishabur says the Kozmachaloposa, as long as you haven't taken the three steps back at the end of the Shmonesri, have a lake, omid lifting a milk, you're still standing in front of the king, and nobody would spit in front of the king or the president or an important person, so therefore you certainly shouldn't spit in front of Akodish Baruchu Kaviyoho. Sivkot and Dalit, EF Shalom, but if you can't withhold yourself from spitting, Kigon Shi Yitzhtarab is there, for example, a person very uncomfortable, Vietori Bitsilos, so you won't be able to dive properly, then in that situation, you take advantage of the cooler that the Machaber brought down to spit into your garment. The issue footnote number three brings down for the Yorach HaShulchan that this is talking about a situation where you can't swallow the saliva, which would be a preferred solution. Same thing would apply if a person has to blow his nose and he can't control himself, so he should blow it obviously into a tissue or a garment of some sort and not have it visible during the Shmonasrei. Finally, the Mishnah Baruch concludes, once you've done with the spitting, you should wait till you walk the distance of four amos. Obviously, you're standing still. The time it takes to walk a distance of four amos, as we've already explained previously in Simen Sadi Beis, test, because of two reasons. The Yerusha footnote number four brings down the reasoning that the Yerusha HaShulchan brings down, because it looks like you're spitting about the thing that you're about to say. The Kavachayim brings down, because of the Chashash, that maybe you still have some saliva in your mouth, so therefore wait, the second or two that it takes to make sure that there is no additional saliva over there. That concludes today's share.